Hey friends, and welcome to the Moving Mountains podcast. Moving Mountains is a place to hear true stories of modern day miracles told by ordinary people just like you and me. My name is Paige, and I'm joined here in Alaska by my dear friends, Margaret and Bernadette, as we witness accounts of how God has worked in people's lives in big and small ways. As you listen to these stories of hope, answered prayers, and unexplained phenomena, we invite you to allow this space to inspire your faith and even to help you recognize the ways in which God is moving mountains in your own life. Hi, everyone. Welcome to season two of Moving Mountains podcast. Um, My voice is a little bit scratchy today, so sorry if I sound a little bit different, but I'm super excited for our guest that we have to share with you today. His his name is Branson, but before we start hearing about him, Paige, do you have a a question for us? Yes, I have a very important question. So, Branson, you will be answering first. Are you ready? I am as ready as I can be. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Would you rather... Get trapped in the middle of a food fight or a water balloon fight? <laughs> oh, man. I think I'd have to say a water balloon fight. Like it would okay. be easier to clean off. Oh, oh yeah. mm. very true. Yes. <laughs> what about you, Margaret? You just made me think of that scene from Hook. Has anybody seen Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Where they, the food turns to real food yeah. and they start having the food fight. Immediately when you said that, I was like, I want to eat some of the food so i'm gonna get stuck in <laughs> and open gonna, your mouth i'm gonna snack on some of the things hopefully that hasn't touched other people yet but definitely a food fight and i'll just take a shower after so or That's maybe that'll awesome. walk over to the water balloon fight so i can get cleaned off but food <laughs> fight how about you Brittna? um i'm with branson i I'm such a neat freak. I'd just rather be in a water balloon fight, you know, splash some water around, especially if it's hot outside. And then, I was gonna say, you know, it's hot out. It's one thing. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, you just dry off and keep going with your day. You don't need to get mustard out of your hair. So, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Paige? It's true. Um, well, I've actually been in both. Okay. So, that's why I thought this was a fun question. I would choose water balloon fight because. In my junior year of high school, we had a lockdown for like four hours. Mm. Um, Nothing ended up happening, thank goodness. But because of that, they had to basically put half of the school in one lunch and the other half in another lunch. And so we're in the cafeteria. There's like a thousand kids in the cafeteria. Wow. (laughs) And my table is sitting in between a junior class boy table and a freshman class boy table. (laughs) My little brother was in the freshman class boy table. And all of a sudden they kind of start throwing food over our table. Oh my goodness. And everyone's just kind of like watching. And then one girl just goes, food fight. And it was no joke. Like the movies, like food just started flying. All of the girls at my table just like immediately ducked under Mm -hmm. the table but i was so amazed that i was in the middle of a food fight that i just like froze in my chair (laughs) i was just sitting there just like watching food fly over me and thankfully i didn't get hit with anything which was amazing that is amazing but then people started throwing chairs and water bottles like anything they could find to throw they just started throwing um so i would imagine that probably 
most real life food fights aren't like the ones in Hook. <laughs> and like I, nobody wanted that for lunch anyway. Cafeteria, <laughs> high school cafeteria. Yeah. So water balloons, I'm like, it kind of hurts when you get hit, but like, you know, not as much as a water bottle might hurt. Or a chair. Mm. Or a chair. <laughs> I, I stand by my answer. I'm not changing Good for my you, mind. Margaret. Yes. Nope. You never know when that brownie is going to come flying into know. your mouth. <laughs> Although, have you seen It Takes Two? With Kirstie Alley and the Olsen twins. So. Oh, that's mm. such a classic. But they have a food fight at camp and then they all get to jump in the lake after. Well, yeah. See, there's many scenarios that could change my answer. <laughs> but that's I right. have one that's right. every summer with the kids. So right. I, yeah. But a real life food fight that, that actually yeah. happened outside of the movies at Lake Travis High School was not a fun food fight. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, we all stand by our answers. and <laughs> Well, now, Branson, we'd love to just hear an introduction from you so our guests can know a little bit about who you are before they hear your story. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, my name is Branson Schrader. I am married to my lovely wife, Emily. We're going on about three years of marriage. We have an almost two-year-old, early February, he'll turn two. Uh, and we have another one on the way about halfway through a pregnancy. So oh, very excited um, for the new addition. We currently live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We moved here just back in May from Ohio. And we currently serve as missionaries for um, the Fellowship of Catholic University students. So my wife and I have both been um, working with Focus for uh, about six years and have served on various college campuses and now are currently serving um, at a parish in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is very close to my wife's family, which is such a blessing, especially just having a growing family and um, having some help. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, we're very blessed by our work and, and just um, by where the Lord has led us. So that's a little bit about, about me and my family. Awesome. Thanks so much for sharing. And um, just speaking of focus, I want to mention that we were actually connected with Branson through Amanda, who we um, spoke with on season one. She had an amazing healing story. And at the end, after we recorded, she said, you need to talk to this guy, Branson. So (laughs) it's really exciting to be here with you today. And we're also excited to hear your story. And um, we we just heard a very brief um, telling by Amanda. So it's going to be a great surprise for all of us. Um, so yeah, if you're ready, you can just hop right in and start telling your story. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, Amanda's a big part of it, and um, grateful that she that she reached out. So I'll start with um, just simply put, I'm I'm not very flexible, and that includes <laughs> my body, but also uh, at times my heart. Oh. Um, <laughs> I spiritually, I can tend to be kind of kind of stiff necked, kind of rigid. Um, unable to to just relax and allow the Lord to work. Mm. Um, and so I just want to set that as kind of a backdrop for for my story. Um, my story starts in, in Bismarck, North Dakota, about four and a half years ago. Um, I was at a summer training for Focus called New Staff Training. And um, yeah, I was going into my second year as a missionary with Focus. And just to be honest, it was it was a tough summer. It was a, a rather long summer of training and um, just filled with periods of, of darkness and frustration. And um, some of the things that, that went into that were 
you know, focus had actually just split their trainings because the organization was getting so big. Um, and so a lot of my friends were actually at a different location. So I felt a little bit alone. Um, at these trainings, there can always be a sense of comparison to set in uh, when you get a lot of people pursuing the Lord in a deep way. Um, so it just felt inferior. Um, and I actually just started dating my, who's now my wife, Emily. Um, we had just started dating that summer. Unfortunately, she was at the other location. And we just had a little bit of a rocky start to our relationship. So, um, and to top all that off, my time in prayer just felt really dry and the Lord felt a little bit distant. So um, if I'm being honest, I was kind of in a rough place starting off uh, my second year as a missionary, but there was a little glimmer of, of light um, right towards the end of summer training. There was a softball tournament and I grew up playing baseball, loved baseball. was never the greatest hitter, um, but I could run out of ground ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and so backpedaling just a little bit, training was, was almost over. It was about four days, um, until the end of it. And right from training, I was going to be, um, leaving for Spain to walk the Camino, Ooh. to walk about mm-hmm. 200 miles, of uh, the Camino de Santiago, which is a, a pilgrimage, um, in Spain. And so I was going on a mission trip with several other missionaries and students, um, and so I was really looking forward to that trip um, and all that the Lord would have planned there. And so fast forwarding, I'm, I met this softball tournament um, just being put on by different missionaries. And I think my first at bat, I, I, I popped out or I, you know, I did something to where my second at bat, I was like, I'm going to prove, I'm going to prove myself here a little bit. <laughs> and, um, and I, and I didn't. So the pitch is coming in and, you know, slow pitch softball, like how hard can it be? And I get so anxious. And so I'm often out in front of the ball. And so I hit a ground ball to shortstop. And in my mind, I'm like, Oh, I can, I can run this one out. And so about halfway down to first base, I kick it into the highest gear I got, which is not nearly as high of a gear as I used to have. Um, and, I'm about to get to first base and I feel a pop in my leg, um, in in the back of my leg, my hamstring. And I get to first base, to be honest, I don't even remember if I ran it out or not, but, um, I just collapsed after I got to the, to the base. And so many things came into my mind right away. How, how bad of a pull was this? I, I definitely pulled my hamstring, um, And so I actually studied exercise science in college. And right when I got up and started walking it off, I could tell this was about a grade two tear, you know, it was something that wasn't going to just go away with icing. Mm -hmm. Um, It was going to take some time to recover. So I'm walking on the field. Um, Some people could tell I was limping pretty, limping pretty good and came over and um, helped me up towards the, the cafeteria where I could just rest and, you know, get a drink and, um, just have a moment. And on the way up there, I'm, um, yeah, just, or what is going on? Um, I don't think there's any way in four days I'm going to be able to walk 
you know, 15 to 20 miles a day for two weeks. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> wow. My thought is, is yeah, I, unless something crazy happens, I, I'm going to have to call the, the director of the trip and let him know that I can't go. Um, you know, I had students coming on this trip. My best friend was, was going to be joining on this trip. And it just kind of increased this level of, of frustration and, and kind of darkness of my summer. Um, and I was just questioning, Lord, where are you? <laughs> why, why did this have to happen this way? And um, so throughout the rest of the night, my, my hamstring just gets tighter and tighter and I can walk, but with quite a limp and, and pretty slowly. And so the day concludes the next morning, I'm, I'm walking towards the chapel. Um, I, we usually had about an 8 a.m. holy hour, all the missionaries. And I'm walking towards the chapel and um, come up alongside this girl. And she could tell that I was, um, that I was limping and asked what was wrong. And so I just let her know, told her the story and just felt called to share with her. Yeah, I was supposed to walk the Camino in a few days and I just don't think that's going to happen. And she encouraged me to, um, to go speak with a girl who she knew who actually was just several yards in front of us at the time, walking to the chapel as well, named Amanda, who you all spoke with recently. <laughs> hey, um, hey, Amanda. <laughs> yeah, and I, I had met Amanda once just in passing, you know, pretty briefly, as a lot of missionaries do. You kind of get a lot of first names and, and faces, and then you might not see each other for a long time. But she said, yeah, Amanda actually has the gift of spiritual healing. And so you should ask her to pray with you. And I had never, I certainly didn't doubt in the gifts of the spirit, um, but I had never experienced them myself. I'd never seen uh, a spiritual healing um, or, or physical healing at that. And so um, I was a, a tad skeptical, but there was also the part of me that, that uh, was willing to do whatever it took to potentially be able to go on this trip. So um, so I approached her when we got to the chapel and, and just told her the situation and asked if she would be willing to pray with me after Matt or after Holy Hour. And I'll never forget it. She um, she looked at me and, and she was really grateful that I asked. Um, and she said, I would love to pray with you. But first, you should go to we should make sure we go to mass tonight, receive the Eucharist and, and go to confession at some point today, just so that our, your heart can be. Um, as disposed as possible to to the Holy Spirit, and so I was, of course, in agreement. And um, yeah, so I went the whole day um, with with my limp and and had mass in the evening and um, had gone to confession earlier that day. Um, and she had recruited Amanda had recruited like three or four other people <laughs> to come pray mm -hmm. with me. So after mass, um, we went back to the. Um, to the chapel where the tabernacle was. And she said, just, just lay down, um, just kind of lay prostrate in front of the tabernacle and we'll pray with you. Mm. And so I did, I, I got down um, just face down and, and I was nervous. I, I, mm. I knew that um, there was, there was a sense that I, I needed to have faith, right? I needed to have, um, kind of a strong, undoubting faith that the Lord could heal me. And so I think internally I was even just, again, stiff, battling this um, 
this call to just relax and to trust um, and trying to just grasp. Um, and so she started praying. I think we prayed maybe five to 10 minutes. I can't quite remember, but um, pretty early on, I, I started to feel a warmth um, in my hamstring. And I almost, there was a part of me like, is somebody massaging my leg? Oh, wow. <laughs> it almost felt like there was this like hand like massaging my leg from, from the top all the way down to my ankle. But it wasn't like it was being massaged on the outside. It was like my muscle inside mm. was being, um, was just being massaged and, and uh, there was a warmth in it. There was almost a fluttering feeling in my hamstring and even down to like my calf. Wow. And, and so I just started crying. I was, <laughs> I was just in tears. Like it felt like the Lord was really doing something um, that I'd never experienced before. And, um, we finished praying and I, and I got up and she said, walk. And, um, <laughs> and I did, I started walking and I was taking far greater strides than I had been before we prayed. Um, and it just like throughout the day, it just got, I mean, it, it was by the end of the day, it was, it was totally healed. It was, mm-hmm. it was back to a hundred percent function. And I just couldn't thank Amanda enough. And, and she kept pointing to the Lord, of course. Mm. Um, but it really opened the door for me in several ways. One, to just trust in the Lord's love for me. I think there was a sense over the course of the summer that, that he, again, just seemed distant. I didn't know if his love was um, what I thought it was. And it was a reminder from him to just trust in his love um, and to ask big things of him. Um, and so the story would, would be wonderful and beautiful if it ended there, but it doesn't. Um, I actually, maybe a day before leaving for the Camino, asked if Amanda could pray over my feet. And I didn't have anything in, incredibly wrong with my feet, but I'm flat-footed, and if I walk a lot or stand a lot, they, they tend to really hurt. So I just asked her to pray for my feet and she did in a very similar type of experience um, occurred in front of the tabernacle. And so I was sent, um, I was sent to, uh, to Boston right after the conclusion of, of training to, to meet with the team um, that would be walking the Camino with me and my, my, my dear friend, Willie, when I told him about my experience of healing, um, he asked if I could pray actually over his back. Um, he'd been having back spasms and, and some bad low back pain. And um, he just said he was concerned about walking this Camino with a 20 pound backpack on. And, mm-hmm. um, and so it, we actually called Amanda and she prayed with us. <laughs> From, I don't even know where she was at the time, but we were in Boston and she prayed over the phone as we all did. And we laid hands on Willie and and his back um, was healed and he didn't have any issues on the Camino. Wow. And so, yeah, these like healings just like continued to come and the Lord just continued to pour forth his grace in these ways. Um, and it doesn't even stop there. I'm, I'll share one more little piece. Oh, wait, there's more. Uh, there is. There is. Oh, my goodness. So 
we get to Spain and we start walking and um, the whole crew's doing really good. We didn't have a single person who couldn't make, who couldn't walk the whole day's worth. You know, obviously people were faster and slower, but the day before we got to our destination to uh, uh, Santiago de Compostela in Northern Spain, one of the guys on our trip twisted his ankle. Um, and we had about eight miles or so left until we got to our hostel and, and he was devastated. I mean, um, he just really wanted to make the walk into, into, uh, Santiago the next day. Um, he, he walked almost 200 miles and to not be able to make the last 10 or 12 miles was just, of course. Yeah. Uh, unfortunate. And so that night, um, me and Willie actually gathered around him and, and asked him if, if he'd like to be prayed with. And um, he was certainly all for it. So we laid hands on his ankle and just asked the Lord to, to heal his ankle so that he could walk without pain tomorrow and the next day. And um, we finished praying and he got up and started running. And oh <laughs> he, was, he was at the front of the pack. Um, yeah, he was at the front of the pack the next day and, and just tremendous. I mean, healing after healing and, and really, yeah, I, and thank you all for inviting me to, to be here because it was so good to just reflect back on this experience, you know, that was four and a half years ago that I, you know, I haven't thought deeply about in a little while. Um, and just to be able to see, you know, that, yeah, the Lord, can and, and does want to heal in physical ways, um, according to his wisdom, according to his will. But I think it always is meant to point to a deeper healing that needs to happen in our hearts. I know that for me, um, I had a lot of, a lot of distrust in, in my kind of my state in life and, um, just a lot of uncertainty as to the Lord's presence and, and where he was taking me and my relationships and my life as a missionary. And I think he just wanted to share with me, like, to relax a little bit, mm-hmm. um, to not be so, yeah, uptight, tense, stiff in my spiritual life, to just know that he is, um, yeah, ordaining my every day and, and my every movement. And and I guess I needed a physical healing <laughs> to be able to um, to kind of hear that from him. So that's my story. Um Awesome. And it's been a joy to reflect back on. I love it. Wow. I was not expecting all of that. <laughs> I love the, but yeah. wait, there's more. Yeah. Wait, there's more. Yeah. I think it's incredible. The one thing, one of the things that stuck out to me was you had your situation, you know, mm-hmm. you were in this place of darkness and then you get injured and it's, it was probably like the culmination of like, seriously, God, like this summer has been so hard. Yeah. And now you're doing yeah. this to me. And it's one of those things like that had to happen so he could do this glorious thing. Mm. So he did this Mm -hmm. glorious thing. But then you, because of that, you had the courage and the faith to pray with other people. Mm. You know, I do wonder if that healing hadn't happened, if you would have had the courage and the the faith and trust to pray over the next two guys. Right. So there was a reason it happened when it did. And I love that you called Amanda and had her on the phone. I've done that before with friends and said, can you just pray with me over the phone? Like, it yeah. still works. Yeah. It still works. Right. 
So yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. I'm just, it's very moving in the, in the midst of it. When you were talking about laying prostrate, I just like, I don't know, just a stirring in my heart of the beauty of the complete surrender to God. Mm. Um, and then the other thing I love too, is that Amanda said, let's receive the sacraments first, because I think Mm -hmm. people like we have to have, we have to be in a state of grace to be able to receive grace fully from the Lord. Mm. And so healing often needs to start with forgiveness, Mm. right? Mm. Um, Maybe we're forgiving someone or asking for forgiveness of ourselves or forgiving ourselves. And so just to me, that seems like an appropriate order of things is like, let's go to the Lord first and lay down our hearts and get rid of anything that might be blocking his ability to heal us. And then he therefore can come in fully into your heart. So yeah, I'm just very moving for me to listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think I think I had a lot of um, maybe barriers or obstacles up right for a while, and and for the Lord to just remove those was so helpful. And then yeah, to be able to just say I'm I'm healed for the sake of of going out and helping others find a similar type of healing, um, I think was certainly a, a takeaway for me as well. Thanks for pointing that out. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it's interesting hearing your story and then thinking about you know it's like. Oh God, if, if you were going to heal it anyways, why does it even happen in the first Mm -hmm. place? Like, why did my hamstring pop like that? Why did this guy have to twist his ankle eight miles before the end of the trip? Um, and so, you know, just, just reflecting on that and also thinking about, we probably have a lot of listeners who maybe right now are on the couch with a pulled hamstring or, something similar or maybe even something bigger, um, you know, cancer or another life-threatening situation might be wondering, okay, well, why, why isn't it that easy for me? Mm. You know? So there's the, the two sides of the coin where it's like, you know, why did this even happen in the first place if it was going to be healed? And then how come sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. Um, and I, I would just love to hear if you have any thoughts or advice for our listeners who might just be, in awe of this story uh, or maybe struggling a little bit with it? Yeah, that's a great question. Definitely a hard one to answer. And, and I think my first just piece of, of advice or whatever would be to speak with the Lord about it um, and just speak in total honesty with him to be able to really lay yourself before him as you are, as you come with all of your maybe anger, frustrations, um, confusion and to be able to ask him, ask him why, ask him to reveal something about, um, about himself through the situation um, and ask him to heal you. And, and I don't know if I'd ever really asked for healing prayer before this experience. And since then I've done it quite often and, and mm-hmm. prayed with people quite often for healing. And there hasn't been as maybe palpable or, um, maybe extreme of experience since, since what I've, I've just shared um, since then. But um, I do think that the Lord wants to be asked big things of, right. That's how we can honor him is to, um, to believe that he can do something and to ask him. Um, But even if he, even if he doesn't produce, you know, a physical healing, to just continue to ask him to heal our hearts um, and to be able to see as he sees, um, I think is 
yeah, something that, that would be an honoring prayer to God. Um, Old prayers, right? Something I've noticed, so from season one to now, we've heard three, you know, miraculous healing stories, um, which is really amazing. And one thing that I've noticed in each story is that all three of you have said that you felt this warmth mm. in the spot that you were, mm -hmm. that needed healing. So I'm just reflecting or just curious um, if you think there's any like correlation with that. And if it's like maybe the Holy spirit or mm -hmm. I don't know what, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. Um, and, and kind of both of my experiences of being healed and, um, Andrew, the, the one who had twisted his ankle, he, he spoke similarly. They felt kind of a warmth <laughs> and, and other people that I've, that I've spoken to since then, I'll, I'll kind of say the same thing that there's this, there's this beautiful heat. Um, it's like the fire, the fire of the spirit literally coming and, yeah. and, uh, and producing healing in the place of pain. And, and yeah, I think there's no question about it, that that's, that's our Lord. Um, and that we can know that it's him. Um, and yeah, and just take, take heart in that, right. And be able to, to, I don't know, not to question it. I think even after being healed, there was, times where I was tempted to question it. Was that really, maybe it wasn't as bad of a strain, you know, as I thought it was. Um, I think the evil one can certainly try to produce those lies in us. Um, and yeah, just to, just to remain, remain certain that no, that's the Holy spirit. Um, he's done something incredible here. Yeah. Speaking of um, just so our listeners can get a better idea of a, a grade two tear. Is that what you said it was? Yeah. So yeah. what type of like rehab would that look like? Just so they can get an idea of like, you shouldn't have been walking the Camino four <laughs> days later. Oh yeah. No, that would have definitely been a no, no, um, for a doctor to hear. Um, yeah, no, I mean, certainly you've probably heard of like rice, rest, ice, compression, elevation. Um, but just doing that for a while, really laying off of it. Um, and yeah, not, not walking very much, trying to be minimal and, and exercise. Um, and it would take, I mean, it would take a few weeks to really feel um, back to some sense of normal, but probably more like a month to a month and a half of, of actually being able to go and, and be, you know, be pretty active. So to go walk um, 15 miles a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. That's crazy. I'm, in high school, I tore my quadricep in what sounds like a similar fashion. I was running mm -hmm. a sprint and then all of a sudden just felt this tear in my leg and collapsed and I could get up and right. hobble around, but I ended up on crutches for about two months from that recovery, yeah. even though I could still move and limp. Um, so just hearing yeah. your story, I just want to compare it to that as well, where it's like, normally you can't just keep going <laughs> at such a high right. level. Um, yeah. So another thing that I'm just reflecting on right now is when we reached out to you about sharing your story, one of the things that you said is that, you know, today, four and a half years later, you're still kind of like unpacking the experience and still, mm -hmm. you know, it, you're still receiving. And um, 
like gaining new insights continually from that experience over the years. And I'm just curious if you have anything to share about, you know, you, you shared, you were kind of in this dark, dry place. Um, yeah. And just looking back on it now, what did change in you from that experience that's mm-hmm. still kind of unfolding today? That's a great question. Um, I think one thing, like I mentioned, is just to let the Lord know my needs, to not be ashamed of them. Um, any need, really. And it doesn't have to be anything big. Um, but just to be able to ask to ask him boldly to, um, to see my needs and to take care of them. And of course, as we know, sometimes the Lord takes care of them in ways we don't expect big ways like healings potentially, um, or just, yeah, ways that are actually for our good that may not feel as good at the time. Um, reflecting back on this experience, I've, I've certainly been able to see just my growth in trust in the Lord's goodness. Um, and in his, really in his, in his power and his, and his ability to, uh, to work all things for good. Um, and, and I'm still learning that and I'm still learning how to like, just chill out. <laughs> I don't know, like, Aren't we all? <laughs> just like I mentioned, like I, yeah, just, like I said, my body's tight, my heart's tight, my, just my spirit is sometimes, yeah, I mean, just wanting to seek that control, which, um, mm. which makes me rigid. And um, even at times like being a new parent and trying to figure out what it looks like to, to discipline or to um, <laughs> just like help my kid interact with other kids when he's, you know, I don't know in a, in a hitting stage, you know, I can, yep. I can have <laughs> oh, this. We get that. <laughs> yeah. Just this like uptightness that I feel often. Um, and I don't love it about myself, you know? And, and so I, I asked the Lord to, to just help me through those, those times and those things. And, um, sometimes I can, I can tell that I'm improving and sometimes I feel like I'm falling backwards, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think those are certainly some things that I've reflected on from this story of healing and, and certainly other stories that have happened in my life as well. But um, just the Lord encouraging me to to relax, um, to know that he is ordaining all things for my good. Um, and yeah, that I can trust in him and I should trust in him way more than in myself. Hmm. Isn't it funny how we can experience things like you experienced, you know, physical healing, you saw it in yourself and other people. Yeah. And the, I know we've all experienced like God's work, yet we still doubt. And we're yeah. still like, wait, God, can I fully trust you? You're so weak. You know, it's like, oh, <laughs> and I get frustrated yeah. with myself. I'm like, no, I really want to have like radical trust, but mm-hmm. it's that constant need to surrender. And, you know, I think some of the saints maybe got there. I don't know. Um, yeah. But it's something we strive for as Christians, right? It's it's this desire to be like, no, Lord, you really can't do anything. You really are the God of the impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's one of my favorite scriptures. Is it says it a few times in scripture, I think. But he really he can do what mm. is impossible, and trusting mm. that and just surrendering to that. It's it's a huge challenge for us as Christians, even though, like I said, we've witnessed. Mm-hmm. I mean, even so much of that, I think, is part of giving up control. The Lord. You know, he actually pulls us back and shows us our humanity over and over again. 
Yeah. And maybe that's what he was doing in that period of dryness and darkness. I think we can all relate to those times as well. Yeah. Um, yeah but looking back on that yeah. period where you, you felt so dry and dark, what do you think the Lord was doing at that time? That's yeah, that's a really good question. I think just showing me my need, especially just one thing I, I think is weird. I, you know, this is probably mostly a me thing, but um I think becoming a missionary, there was a sense in me that I was like, I've made it. I'm like radically mm. said yes to the Lord. <laughs> and like, where else can I go from here? Like I'm pretty much <laughs> sounds so conceited to actually say out loud. But um, yeah, I think after my first year being a missionary, um, it was a good year. You know, there was a lot of wonderful um, ways that the Lord worked in and through me. And, but I think, yeah, going into that summer, experiencing a lot of dryness and darkness and um, just my own poverty. I think there was definitely a way that the Lord wanted to show me, like, I still need a savior. I still need him. I'm never mm -hmm. going to stop needing him. Um, and the more that the closer I get to him, the more that I see how much I do actually need him. Um, and so that might've been a piece of it. I'm sure there's more, but I think, yeah, a piece of that darkness was just like, being able to to tangibly feel um, my need and my brokenness um, and the fact that I, I don't have the kind of control over my life that I maybe thought I did or that I'd like to have. Um, but yeah, being in a, in a period of darkness, I mean, looking back, it was so good for me to be just to be in that place um, that I actually have an opportunity to trust him, you know, mm -hmm. Um, when things are, when I can't see right in front of my face, you know, I think mm -hmm. um, there's a way that I can actually grab on tighter to the Lord. Um, yeah. in times I, find like it's, that. I find it's also really helpful um, in times that when I went through really dark periods, when those dark periods come up again, that I'm able to be like, well, I got through that time, right. that really hard time. And the Lord helped me through that. And so because because that happened, I know I can get through this. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I feel like it's also, it's things that we go through in the past are also so much for us in the future as well. Mm. Yeah. Kind of like you're saying, Branson, yeah. it sounds like, okay, yes, you still go through those periods of push and pull, but we grow in resilience and in our trust in the Lord because he's done that in us mm -hmm. because he's yeah. taken us through that push and pull to actually bring us to that space where we are growing closer and closer to him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And like how beautiful that he knows that we're going to doubt him again. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, that it's like he did this miraculous thing for us and he's like, I'm doing this, but also I know that in four years, you're probably going to doubt me. And, and then again, in four years, I'm going to do something miraculous for you as well. It's like when he's talking yeah. to, I think it's Peter and he's like, do you agape me? And he's like, mm. I phileo you. And he's like, okay, fine. I'll meet you where you're at. And, mm. and so I feel like that's how it is with mm -hmm. us also. Like, yes, you doubt me. And then again, you know, Peter denied him as well, but he, Peter was still one of the top three beloveds, you know, mm -hmm. um, not the mm -hmm. ultimate, but he was in the top three. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> So I just think that's so beautiful that yeah. he 
is just always meeting us where we're at. And he knows we're going to doubt him. But in those times when we can cling on to him and, mm-hmm. and choose to trust him, he uses those times to be like, hey, remember this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. And I just want to invite our listeners, like consider, you know, if you have prayed for a physical or worldly healing and haven't experienced that, It's totally normal if you have some doubt or resentment or frustration with that, but also consider just listening to stories like this. Like if you're still listening to Branson's story right now, this could be the way the Lord is actually saying, hey, I do heal. Maybe for Mm -hmm. some reason it's not you, but this is just an invitation to hear a story like this and believe Mm -hmm. that the Lord is still healing in miraculous ways for a certain purpose And maybe there's a reason that you're sitting here right now hearing Branson's story. Um, So, yeah, just want to invite that thought in. um, And along that vein. Many miracles. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We will transition. Um, So just uh, many miracles are just our little joys and gratitude of the week or the month. Um, Just something that we are able to look at our daily life and say, Hey, God was really present in this time. Um, whether big or small. So Margaret, would you like to start our mini miracle? Sure. My mini miracle is a nap, (laughs) but I'm going to expound on that a little bit. I love napping. This is a a more recent thing. Um, maybe it's age. I don't know, but I am so thankful for a job that is super flexible I'm a youth minister, Branson, um, and I have a wonderful boss and priest um, who just kind of understands the needs of the world. And, you know, it's Alaska. And so in the summer, he's like, man, if it's a beautiful day, you should take the day off and go hiking because we don't get that many amazing summer, beautiful days up here. So anyway, um, I was just feeling very tired and not well the other day. And I was like, you know what? I, I think I need to go rest. And he's like, great, go do it. So honestly, the grace of the flexibility of a job where, you know, it was like, I, I'm not going to be productive right now and I just need to nap. And spoiler alert, I guess, sort of for Father Arthur is that he said he writes the best homilies right after his nap. So <laughs> I kind of feel like I probably do my job better after napping. So shout out to Father Arthur. Yeah. Thanks, Father. Um, but in all seriousness, it was such a gift and I, I had was between two kind of bigger meetings I had the other day and mm. I was super refreshed for the second meeting. And I was just like, Jesus, this was a huge gift. Thank you for that. So nice. there you go guys. Bernadette. <laughs> so I was reflecting on mini miracle today and um, a little bit of background info. We've recorded like five episodes in the past two weeks. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, I need to think of another uh-huh. mini miracle. It's not just like the <laughs> one of the week. Um, <laughs> But what I loved about it was it just gave me the chance to think about, okay, well, what are some of like, what were some just amazing moments in the past week for me? And what immediately came to mind was last night, actually driving home from a different recording. Um, It's just been like kind of gross around town. Like the weather has warmed up a lot and it's just melty and icy. And then when I was driving home, um, the last 10 minutes, it was just the most gigantic snowflakes, like oh. quarter sized snowflakes, just <laughs> drifting down 
almost at a standstill. Like they were so slow oh, cool. and it was just the most beautiful drive home. And I was just reflecting on the story we just heard. Um, and our neighborhood is just beautiful with, you know, we, I drive past the park, all these pine trees. Yeah. And so that's just my little joyful moment of the week. My mini miracle, just God's the nature that he made is just mind blowing. And it's amazing how, how joy filled I was just experiencing those giant snowflakes. Mm -hmm. So that's it. mine. <laughs> what about you, Paige? I thought you were about to steal mine. For okay. <laughs> and I was like, Oh no, I have to think of another one, <laughs> but yours took a turn. So that's good. Um, so like Bernadette said, we are still in winter time. Um, but this past week, it's been in like the 40s, which is very, very uncommon for Alaska at this time of winter. So everything is basically kind of melting yeah. and wet during the day. And then at night, it drops, you know, to the 30s, 20s, and everything just becomes a sheet of ice. And so yesterday, like our whole town was a sheet of ice. Yes. And Literally, like one giant skate rink. Yes. <laughs> And so it's just, you know, we're like trying to get to play dates and they were like, I'm trying to shuffle with like two toddlers holding a coffee. Like I'm going to fall and, and I'm pregnant also, and this is not good or safe. And so when we were driving to Margaret's last night for the recording, there was, it was, it wasn't like a, a gentle snowfall. It was a very random, like kind of looked like a blizzard, but not really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we were like, what? <laughs> what is going on? It was 40 degrees earlier. Um, but so that snowfall happened and it was very short, but I was like, that was very random. And I was just like, oh, whatever. And then when Bernadette dropped me off at my house, on the way from my house to her car, when we were going to Margaret's, I had to, I could not pick up my feet, basically. I was just like shuffling the whole way, like just trying not to slip. And then when I got out of Bernadette's car to walk into my house, that little dusting mm. that we got had like coated the ice perfectly and it was not slippery anymore. Wow. And then <laughs> sticky snow. And like, especially outside of my house, right? Like during this time, it has been an absolute rink. <laughs> and so then today I had to go out and do stuff with my toddlers and it was still just, you know, that, that dusting had stayed there and it didn't like freeze um, or like melt and freeze and become ice again. It just was perfectly coated. So I was just so thankful. That <laughs> so perfect. I was like, wow, I'm not afraid to walk anymore. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. So that's my mini miracle. What about you, Branson? Yeah, my mini miracle. So last week we actually had um, our anatomy scan for our, our, our pregnancy for our baby. And it was just beautiful. So our uh, Leo, my almost two-year-old, came right kind of in the heart of COVID, which actually now that I think about it, so we had like our 3D scan, right? We had, we got to see the 3D images of, of our baby's face, which mm -hmm. we didn't find out the sex of the baby. Um, but we just got to see like, yeah, our little one in there, which was so beautiful. And so I'm trying to think, we didn't actually get to see our, our first son uh, like his anatomy scan was oh. or when they tried to do the 3d imaging thing, he was like so nuzzled somewhere and they couldn't <laughs> get him to turn around. And so we actually never got to see like his little face. Oh, I think wow. we just got to see him from the back. Um, so this was a new experience for me and my wife to mm -hmm. see, um, yeah, to see our baby's face um, and just 
oh man, just makes it all the more real and exciting. And um, so, yeah, very excited to meet our our child in June. But I think that probably takes the cake for my miracle of the week. Yeah, uh, it was just amazing. that experience with our child. So. Yeah. Yeah, and by the time we release this, you'll probably have met your child. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, Branson, thank you so much. This was a very yeah. moving story. And mm-hmm. yeah, it definitely stirred my heart. Thank you for sharing yes, with thank us. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I know. Thank you for having me. And thank you all for the work you're doing and just bringing these beautiful stories of light um, to everybody. So, Amen. so, uh, so grateful, so thrilled to be a part of it. Awesome. Yeah, and I have the same thought about light. You know, this is a light in the darkness, hopefully, for our yeah. listeners. And for mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately. Yeah, in our literal couldn't darkness. agree more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Way up there, yes. Yeah. <laughs> man, oh, man. All right, well, I will close us in prayer if we're ready. Awesome. Thank you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Jesus, thank you. Thank you so much. For the gift of healing, for the gift of light, for being the light in the darkness, for being our healer and our comforter and our guide. I thank you for loving us even through our doubt, loving us in the midst of our distrust. And I just pray for each of us and for all of our listeners, Lord, that anyone who is struggling with that doubt or the inability to trust or to break through and really lean on you. I just pray that that would happen, that they would break down any barriers or walls, keeping them from loving you and trusting you and knowing that you really do will are good in everything you do. I just thank you again for this beautiful story. Um, this day for our lives, for the gift of life and the gift of your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Venerable Fulton Sheen, pray, pray for, for us. us. Pray for us. Awesome. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Moving Mountains podcast. If you have a miracle story to tell, please call our hotline at 412-449-9609. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Moving Mountains Podcast AK. We encourage you to subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and share our podcast with others. We'll see you next time.